It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Well, our technology here is being kind of funny. I'm getting some flashing lights, but right now everything is settled down. So I don't know if you heard what I said before, but we're going to be talking about some new rules for organic producers. We're going to talk about pork products having the possibility to be exported to um, a country in Africa and egg prices. Well, I like to talk about eggs because I talk, we, uh, it seems like we're always eating eggs. Why don't we take a look at our weather right now? We're sitting at 20 degrees and light snow today, a high of 22 and partial sun, but it seems to still keep snowing out there and flurrying on us tonight. Uh, temperature of eight tomorrow, 31 with snow likely tomorrow night. It's dropping down to two, so we're going to have to make sure you pull your covers up tight. Saturday, nine. Sunday, five. Monday, two. Tuesday, seven. And Wednesday, five for the high temperatures. It's going to be cold. And the nighttime temperatures are below zero. They say we're going to get some partial sun, so maybe we'll get a little bit of sun out there. You never know. You know, the weather just keeps happening no matter what we do. Then we're going to also be hearing from Charity. She caught up with Tina Henchley. She is a dairy farmer from Cambridge. She utilizes tech in her dairy farming and robots, and she's working on getting into a solar project. So here we are. We're a minute before five, but we're going to start rolling with our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The U.S. is sending dozens of Abrams tanks to Ukraine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the move shows how unified the U.S. and its allies are in their support for Ukraine against Russia. Kirby said it'll take many months before these sophisticated tanks arrive in Ukraine and forces receive the necessary training. Other nations, including Germany, are set to send their own modern tanks to Kyiv, which has been pleading for the weapons for months. Vice President Harris is calling on lawmakers to act on the issue of gun control following multiple deadly mass shootings in recent days. We also need Congress to act at least one step closer to what is right. We need reasonable gun safety laws in our country. On Wednesday, Harris visited Monterey Park, California, where 11 people were killed last weekend. She expressed her condolences and said she's praying for the recovery of those who were injured. The vice president told people they must demand accountability from those in government who have the power to change things. Former President Donald Trump's Facebook and Instagram are being reinstated. Ryan Shook fills us in. Meta, the owner of both social media sites, announced Wednesday that Trump's accounts will be made active again in the coming weeks. The company promised to put safeguards in place to prevent repeat offenses. Trump was suspended from both accounts in 2021 after calling January 6th rioters great patriots. If Trump were to post further content that violates protocols, he will be suspended between one month and two years, depending on the violation. I'm Brian Shook. And a California judge has ordered the release of the footage of the attack on former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband. On Wednesday, the judge ruled there was no reason to keep the audio and video from the incident involving Paul Pelosi a secret. Back in October, a man allegedly broke into the couple's San Francisco home and beat Pelosi with a hammer, leaving him with a fractured skull and other serious injuries. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. On Wax 104.5. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to take another look at our weather. 
Healthcare in Eau Claire. Our temperature is at 19 degrees with light snow. Today, we're only supposed to get up to 22 and partial sun. It seems to keep snowing out there. I ended up with, oh, maybe a half inch or an inch, probably an inch down at my house that I walked through to get to my pickup this morning. Tonight, our low is 8. Tomorrow, 31. Snow likely. Tomorrow night, the temperature drops out. It's getting down to 2. And then we're going to go into a cold stretch. Saturday, 9. Sunday, 5 for a high. Monday, 2 for the high. Tuesday, 7 for the high. And Wednesday, 5 for the high. Cold, cold, cold. Partial sun, they say, but our nighttime lows are going to be below 0. Temperatures around the area, Medford's at 21, Rice Lake 17, Wausau 25 in snow, Green Bay 28 in cloudy, Marshfield 26 in snow, La Crosse 22, Madison 29 in snow, and Milwaukee cloudy. So the temperature's going to drop out. We are going to be hearing from, in a bit, Patty Lasowski-Morin. She's going to talk to us about Grassworks. They're having a convention coming up uh, in February, the 2nd and 3rd, I believe. She tells us about it, or 2nd through the 4th. She'll tell us all about it on the audio. But before we get to that, we need to start looking at our markets. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time for our markets, sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. First up, we're going to go with our cash livestock Choice fed beef steers are 147 to 163 and a half with mixed at 116 to 146 and a half. Choice fed beef heifers are 146 and a half to 155 with mixed at 97 to 145. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 144 with select and silage fed steers 97 to 129 and a half. Cows are 65 to 102 with bulls at 85 to 101. Butcher hogs are 40 to 71 with sows at 36 to 41 and a quarter. Boars are 20 to 32, and unshorn market lambs are 105 to 132. Feeder lambs are a dollar to 220. Ewes are 60 to 90. Small goats are 10 to 170 dollars. Medium goats are 115 to 230 dollars. Large goats are 150 to 300 dollars, with nanny goats at 30 to 220 dollars. And we're going to take a look at our futures markets, our live cattle. For February, 157.60, down 25 cents. For April, 161.55, up 25 cents. June, 158.20, down or up 35 cents. That's June, 158.20, up 35 cents. And August, 158.17.5, up 12.5 cents. And our feeder cattle futures, January, 179.40, up 45 cents. March 183.75, up 15 cents. April 188.35, up 42.5 cents. And August 205, 42.5, up 70 cents. And our lean hog carcasses, February 76.80, up, thir- excuse me, 76.80, down 30 cents. For April 85, 32.5, down 5 cents. May ninety three forty seven and a half a down up up seven and a half cents. I'm having trouble reading my my script here, so excuse me for that. And June one oh one eighty 
up 12 and a half cents. Or maybe I just don't know the plus and the minus and the ups and downs this morning. It is a Thursday morning, and you know that happens. Let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade. Our March corn, 676, up a penny. March oats, 376, a down two cents. Soybeans for March, 1504, up a penny and a half. Soybean meal for March, $466 a ton, up a fraction. And wheat for March, 847, up four and a half cents. Rolling on over to our cheese markets, our barrel cheese, down nine and a quarter cents to 157 and a quarter. 40 pound blocks, down seven cents to 191 and three quarters. And our gray double A butter sitting at 226 and three quarters. No change from yesterday. And our class three milk futures for January. 1943, unchanged from yesterday. February, big drop of 40 cents to 18.21. March, a drop of 26 cents to 17.95. April, 18.20, down 31 cents. And May, down a quarter to 18.55. And those markets are heading downwards towards the end of the year. And I read a little bit about uh, what's going on. It sounds like the production is up a bit and the chance to export that milk is a little bit in question. So I think that's why we're getting the flux of the milk prices. I will research it more because I just it's really going down and that's a little concerning. And it's not because of me because, boy, I'm still eating cheese. I actually went to Ellsworth yesterday and did the FFA on the air program. And, of course, when you go to Ellsworth, you stop at Ellsworth Creamery and pick up some cheese curds. I actually brought home some kind of interesting flavors, Uh, taco, pizza, ranch, onion and um, cheese curds. And I also brought home some regular ones. So a little bit of interesting for the palate lately. Well, we better get some more chores done. And then we're going to hear from Patty Lasowski. Morin, and she is executive director at Grassworks. Let's get on with those chores. I caught up with the new executive director for Grassworks, Patty Lasowski Morin. Tell me, in a nutshell, what Grassworks is about. So, Grassworks is a grassroots membership organization. So, what we really want to do is provide leadership and education to farmers. And we want to connect with agency people and people that are experts so we can bring it all together in one place. We really want to be a clearinghouse for information so that new farmers, existing farmers, so that we can really combine that information into one place so that we can educate and bring that goal forward of establishing grazing lands and managed grazing lands in Wisconsin and the Midwest and really connect to the United States as well, maybe other organizations, and really bring that goal forward. And as I mentioned, you're the new executive director. How did you fall into this place? So I have a history in uh, nonprofit management, and I've also been a dairy grazer myself with my husband on our family farm for the last 20 years. And... This position came open. Grassworks is really at an amazing time in being able to 
expand its executive director position to a full-time position. And so that's what I'm filling, and I'm so absolutely honored to be in that spot. Tell me some of the programs that Grassworks offers out there. So we do a lot of programs that are grant-oriented and connect those programs to other organizations. So we have um, our expertise with our organization, um, but maybe it gets run by um, an expert in the field. So that's one thing that we do, and we, we take that information and have those expert, experts put it out there in workshops, for example, or other types of educational programs. Sometimes it's to producers, sometimes it's to other experts, because maybe the government has had a change or an agency has had a change, and we're able to provide um, education and build expertise to those people to expand their arena. What kind of events are out there? happening this winter? We have our 31st annual grazing conference. It's called Foraging Ahead. And that's a super fun name, and it's going to be uh, pretty indicative of what we've got going on. It's February 2nd through the 4th at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. And if I'm looking to register for that conference, where would I find that information? You would go to grassworks.org, and you can register right there. And I'm Joe Welke. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to take a quick look at some farm news. A new set of rules have come out for organic producers from the USDA. The rules are an attempt to protect producers as well as consumers. The most significant change in USDA organic regulations since they were set up in 2001. The new rules are safeguards to protect the integrity of organic products and provide a fair and level playing field for all types of products produced by helping to regulate U.S. grown and imported organic products. The USDA will expand the number and types of organic operations that will be inspected in order to meet the need for traceability and supply chain protection. The new USDA organic regulations will go into effect in March 2024. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Charity and Tina Hinchley. She's a dairy farmer from Cambridge, and she utilizes tech in dairy farming. They've got robots out on the farm, and they're looking to put together a solar project. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Farmers across Wisconsin and the world are working hard to persevere through challenges in the industry and remain sustainable for years to come. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Tina Hinchley, a dairy farmer from Cambridge, utilizes advancements in technology to do just that. She utilizes robotic milkers on her farm and is in the process of adding solar panels. There is a lot going on in the farm that we have in Cambridge. First off, we are excited that our daughter is with us. Uh, she graduated from UW-Madison a couple years ago, and she's on board full-time with us. So along with milking cows robotically, the technology and everything that's out there is carrying us through the new year nice and smooth and easy. Not a lot of physical stuff, but we do have a big project 
project coming in. 2023, we are going to be accessing some solar contracts that are going to be going in in our area, along with many other farms. It's along electrical corridor where there are big power lines, and then it goes down to the power plant. So we are right on the edge of that. We are participating in the Kashkanan Solar Project. We're farming 2,600 acres at this point in time, and a large portion of that will end up going into solar. We need about 400 acres to feed the cows. However, the most of the other portion beyond what is going to be in solar is going to be kept for dairy and cash cropping. But with that project, it is giving us some diversification to our income. And with that, it's going to have an opportunity for my daughter, Anna, to not have to worry about where the next paycheck is coming from. Dairy industry right now is up and down. We've had a lot of volatility. Who knows what next year is? Who knows what climate situations are going to be happening? And with having the solar array in our backyard, it's going to provide us with sustainable income. And with that, it also provides sustainable energy, not only for our community, but throughout Wisconsin, but also some of that can be sold throughout the United States. So we are working with Inver Energy, and Inver Energy, through the Kashkanan Solar Project, has done many solar projects already. We are going to be starting in 2023 sometime. I believe that Alliant Energy and other energy corporations are on board with being part of that whole investment, too, as time goes on. As far as our neighbors, the neighbors that have solar, we're all on board together. There is a few that are having some difficulty with having it, and they have put up a fight. And to go to the grocery store can be a challenge just because I don't know who is for or against solar. And so I just go in with my head held high. I'm happy with everything that we've done with our community through our tours that we've been hosting for over 25 years. I bring thousands of people to the Cambridge community and they get an opportunity to visit everything that we have out at our farm, but also within our community. I think this is also part of our sustainability as well. So even though there is going to be solar on part of our projects, we're still going to have to maintain our nutrient management plans. We are still going to have to do all the things that we do with our precision planting. We're still going to be the best rock and farmers we possibly can be. We're going to be proud to carry everything that we've got going forward. And with this added income through the diversification, Inver Energy is going to be investing money in our community. So it's not going to be just a take. There's going to be a lot of giving that's going to be potentially out there supporting things within our community. And I think that's really important that even though it's a big corporation, I think that they're there. They do have an office right in Cambridge. And I think as we get closer and closer to the project, I think the farmers that are participating, we're all going to unite and we're going to be excited about all the opportunities that this project is going to provide for us. But not only for us, but our children and grandkids that we don't even have yet because it's going to be changing the environment. The lease is for 25 years. That's a lot of time, but it's a step that if we were not involved in it, the next farmer down the road would be getting into. So being able to have this opportunity and finally jumping on board, we waited a while before we made the step into it to see and feel out what was going on. But we are confident that what we're doing is going to be good for everybody. Speaking of that, how did you get involved or did they reach out to you or were you kind of managing, obviously, your income, your expenses to see what are some other viable options moving forward, like you mentioned, for the sustainability of the long run for future generations? How did that look? And then I guess a follow-up question is, once you have these solar panels, do they automatically pay for themselves in that first year? It's going to cost something. So how does that turn around before they pay for themselves and you have profit off of them? So we don't own the solar. When we were putting up our new 
barn. We did look into solar, but we did not put that into consideration when we put up our building. So we would have been able to, had we thought of it ahead of time and planned for it, we would have been able to have solar on top of our building. But this is not our solar. This is all Inver Energy. So we are leasing our land. The solar panels that are out there, those are going to be theirs. If we want to, we can put sheep underneath. They will be seeded with pollinator habitat. So they're doing things that are environmentally friendly. It's not going to be our solar. So whatever debt they run into, it's not on us. We're going to get a payment. And with that, it's beneficial to our family and our farm, as well as all the rest of the farmers in the area. But like I said, they're going to be investing other things in the area too. It's a win for us in the dairy and agricultural community around us. We've got a few crop farmers that they've got kids the same age as ours. You know, the future for them is going to be a lot brighter. And I know that through, even with our robotic system that we have with our cows getting milked, the technology has had many, many upgrades already. So just because they're putting in the solar right now for our farm, there can be upgrades all the way through and for 25 years, it's not going to be the same solar panel. There's going to be new technology. There's going to be more infrastructure that is going to improve everything that's out there and the new ideas. Think about how many engineers are involved in creating new and sustainable ideas to be able to create not only more electricity, but safer water. Oh my gosh, you know, think about even underneath these solar panels. There's going to be carbon that is going to be sequestered underneath there because we're not going to be tilling that soil. So a lot of benefits for our environment, but for our families. And you know what? It's an emotional thing because you don't want to be involved with a neighbor that is angry with you. And hopefully, we're hoping that the ones that are having difficult times with this are going to just, I I hate to say it, they're going to have to get over it because it's coming. So um, they can fight for a while, but it's going to be what it is. Well, that may be an issue for some of them who just aren't quite accepting it yet. Mm -hmm. Another big issue in the agriculture industry is labor. And you are an advocate for migrant labor. Can you talk about what does that look like for you and your farm? And why is it important to support migrant labor and be educated about it for the industry as a whole? There is a lot of need for labor within the dairy industry. In fact, in Wisconsin alone, we have over 7,000 undocumented Hispanic Latino employees that are working on farms. With that, these are not positions that have been taken away from other people. These are positions that have not been able to be filled. These people are coming up. They're living the dream. They want to come up. They want to be able to provide for their family. For them just to get here, not being able to understand the circumstances on how they got here because it has been very, very dangerous for almost every single person to come up to work in our industry. They are vital. They are essential. And doggone it, in Wisconsin, they don't even have the right to have a driver's license. So shame on us. They need to be able to go to work. They need to be able to take their kids to school. They need to be able to have something that is safe for them to get without having a ticket approached. It's like $500 if they get a ticket for not having a license. But they're essential. To see the families that are on the farms, they're amazing. They're just like us. Their kids go to school with our kids. The families want to participate. And you know what? They want to work. They want to be here. And how many times can you say that when you have somebody on your farm that that person really, really wants to be there? Very few of our employees after a couple years have the longevity. These people want to raise their kids here. They see the benefits of being an American. All the dreamers that have been born here, I think they deserve citizenship too. So as time goes on and we realize as our seniors 
are aging out, the need for extra people coming in. I'm not Native American, and most of us are not. So everybody has come from somewhere with a dream and a passion to come to the United States and be a family and be a part of something. And being a part of the dairy industry, they're the ones that are such a big part of our dairy industry. We could not be America's dairy land without immigrant labor. What advice do you have for other farmers who are potentially looking into similar things that you are working on and that you are implementing on your farm? What advice do you have them for moving forward? Look for your options. If you have children that might want to come in, evaluate your farm. Make sure that... Well, I think we always need to evaluate our farm and look for those options, whether it be technology, whether it be hiring other labor. We always have to look ahead and see what we can do to keep the farm going. Well, we've got a few more chores to do, and then we're going to be hearing from Rocky Olson and Premier Livestock. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I'm not the first voice of agriculture. We were just talking about how Bob has spent an awful lot of time down in Hawaii. And last week when I talked to him, he's coming back, oh, next week, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday. He wasn't real specific, so I said I'll just keep writing scripts and showing up the best I can. Yeah, he might as well, Wentz looking, he might as well not come back next week. I'm sure he'll probably prolong that. I'm thinking that he'll be very much in favor of that. And we've got, as promised, we've got Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. Busy place over there, I know it. Yeah, it sure has been. So, Well, what do we got for markets? Uh, thank you, Joe. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is uh, yesterday's special dairy cattle auction shaped up. We sold 250 head of dairy cattle. Market was strong on the very best quality, the average or lesser quality. Uh, dairy cattle were lower. Uh, top Supreme fresh cows brought 2,000 to 3,000. Uh, we had top loads of fresh cows kind of averaging from 850 to 2275. Uh, the good quality cows, 14 to 1975. Top spring and heifers, 14 to 18. Uh, those lesser quality cows and spring and heifers 1375 and down uh, next week we got two dairy cattle auctions we got one Wednesday we got one Thursday uh, Wednesday we got 90 registered Jersey parlor freestall cows nice pedigrees on them mostly first and second calves uh, we also have a very nice Holstein tie stall herd 50 cows uh, several reputation loads of top fresh parlor freestall cows and then Thursday uh, that's going to be a closed one owner sale we're going to have a one owner herd of four 415 head. Uh, Going to be Holsteins, Red Holsteins, uh, registered jerseys. Uh, they're all parlor freestyle cows. They're all on official tests. Plus, we have all their heifers. They're going to be from uh, started calves all the way up to spring and heifers. There are going to be about 200 of those heifers. Very, very nice quality cattle. Uh, full details on those with pictures on our website. Um, like I said, uh, also on those 415, lots of A2A2 cattle in that deal. Uh, that's what they've been breeding for, but uh, all the details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier, 715-229-2500. Don't forget Big Hay Auction. That's every single week, uh, Wednesdays at 930. All qualities of hay, lots of bedding, uh, big machinery auction. That'll be also coming up March 24th. Any questions, don't hesitate to give us a call, and that's the way it's shaping up. The phone lines are always open for questions over there, aren't they? Absolutely. That's what we're here for. So. All righty. Well, you have a great day. You too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. And 
while we're talking, I'm going to see Mike. Are you? I see you're not out on the deck. Which means I'm in the, the weather room, as Bob likes to call it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you really ever have a weather room. It's kind of it's not a weather prediction room. Well, I always like to call them forecasts and not predictions because predictions are exact, specific. This is what's going to happen at this time. And I like to say forecast because I give you a range of things and uh, what to expect. So, All righty. Well, <laughs> what's our What's our forecast? There you go. I I like that. But, uh, yeah, today we'll uh, start off with some snow showers. But by about the mid-morning, we'll start to see those clouds break up. And we'll even give way to some peaks of sunshine, which is something that we haven't really seen a lot of as of late. But uh, temperatures will be hanging out mostly into the teens for a good portion of the afternoon as our winds stay out of the north. Now, going into tonight, we'll have another system move through that initially will bring our temperatures up through the overnight as we have a very breezy southerly wind. But it'll also bring us a quick burst of snow that may be enough to dump about an inch or two across the area. And then eventually shifting those winds out of the northwest, that'll drop our temperatures pretty quickly going through tomorrow afternoon. Now, that said, our highs are going to be into the upper 20s and low 30s through tomorrow, uh, right around the early afternoon before those temperatures dip very quickly going into tomorrow night, where we dip to around the low single digits, mostly cloudy and staying cloudy through a good portion of uh, next week even, with highs into the teens for Saturday, into the single digits on Sunday, and we'll be hanging out into the single digits for our highs going into the middle of next week with those overnight lows dipping below zero, and in some cases, especially Monday night, uh, dipping into the double digits below zero. But at the moment, we are still dealing with a few snow showers across western Wisconsin and a temperature of 19 degrees in Eau Claire. Well, I, I, you know, I farm, so I do a lot of things outside. Mm-hmm. So this gives me uh, two extra days before I don't want to go outside anymore. Yeah, I would recommend getting those outdoor chores done uh, today and, well, maybe early tomorrow because, let's be honest, I know that, you know, we like to, to work outside even in, in the elements. I don't quite think that uh, many people are going to want to be out when the temperature is below zero. <laughs> No, and my daughter told me that we were going to round up some heifers that are going to have their babies here before too long. Oh, boy. Good and I l- said, this weekend? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> but I'd rather have them in my shed than out in the field. So That is very true. So we weigh our options. And Absolutely. You have a good one, it. Jill. Yep, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was Mike Dandria from TV13. We've got a few more chores to do, and then we're going to be hearing from Morgan. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as promised, Morgan is in the house. Going to let us know what's happening locally. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We'll that take us to the Barron area. A pair of adults in Barron County looking at charges for running a party house and tattooing two 15-year-olds. Prosecutors say 27-year-old Chase McCarty and 24-year-old Hannah Rhodes gave local teens alcohol, marijuana, let them get drunk or high at the house, and the teens would sometimes do chores for the two. Investigators started looking into McCarty and Rhodes after one of the teens who had partied with them said uh, something to authorities about a 6-year-old who lived at the house. During the investigation, detectives learned McCarty gave two 15-year-olds tattoos without parents' permission. 
Looking into other headlines, there is some fear that a powerful animal tranquilizer has made it into the drug supply in La Crosse. Authorities in the city are investigating nine deadly overdoses since the beginning of the year, and the worry is that the animal tranquilizer, as known as Trank on the streets, is now being included in fentanyl, heroin, and cocaine in the city. Investigators say it'll take a while to get the full toxicology reports on all of those overdoses, so they may not know anything for sure for weeks. Well, back and forth over the flat tax. It certainly isn't a flat debate as it's up and down with Assembly Speaker Robin Voss looking for a tax cut of at least $3 billion in the next state budget. With Voss telling Wisconsin I, he also supports a flat tax proposal from Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahieu. So I think that would be a floor, but if we could get anywhere near as bold as Senator Lemahieu, I'd be right there, but I don't want to say it's that or nothing. Lemahieu says a flat tax will benefit families and the state as a whole. Sounds like this. When it's all said and done, you know, the average taxpayer will receive a, will pay a thousand dollars less in taxes every year. I mean, that's real money to real families that is going to invest in our economy and it's going to attract people to move to Wisconsin. We'll show you different sides so you can decide in a state of the state address Tuesday night. Governor Tony Evers dismissed the idea of a flat tax, claiming it will mostly benefit the wealthy. Well, you may not have to do that Y turn or pesky parallel parking. Wisconsin's DMV managers want to continue to allow some new drivers to skip their road test. The DMV yesterday suggested making its driving test waiver permanent. The DMV says 87% of new drivers since May of 2020 when the DMV closed because of coronavirus have been given a waiver. That comes to over 108,000 drivers. There are worries, though. Some driver's ed teachers say not testing new drivers behind the wheel. That'll make roads more dangerous. And the big game isn't that far away, but maybe you're more of a puppy bowl watcher? In its first year since the Warner Brothers and Discovery merger, the highly anticipated puppy football game will run on its usual network, Animal Planet, as well as on the Discovery Channel, TBS, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus. Last year's trial of streaming the event on Discovery Plus, along with its run on Animal Planet, was a rousing success, and Warner Brothers is expanding even farther this year. Puppy Bowl 19 will feature nearly 130 puppies, 67 shelters from 34 states, and as a first, will even feature a puppy player from the West Indies. The game begins on Sunday, February the 12th, at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm Mark Mayfield. And maybe you have a good old farm dog by your side as you do the chores. Always makes it a little better, doesn't it? And we do head back to the barn with Jill Welke and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to take another look at our ag news. Officials from Ghana, a country in Africa, signed a letter to the USDA to officially open its markets to export U.S. pork and pork products on January 12, 2023. The opening of Ghana for U.S. pork exports could have a positive impact on the U.S. pork industry because their market was valued at nearly $16 million in 2021. Pork imports to the country have steadily increased over the past five years to 15,000 metric tons in 2021. The European Union has dominated the nation's pork market in the past, and the West African country, with its population of 32 million people, can make for a healthy market for U.S. pork. And egg prices. Egg prices are trending downward after they peak during the holidays. According to the USDA economists on the monthly Livestock Dairy and Poultry Report, wholesale egg prices, now this is wholesale, are down more than a dollar a dozen since hitting the record average daily price of $5.40 a dozen the week before Christmas. Wholesale prices are expected to continue to go down at a slow pace while producers rebuild their flocks. 
On January 11th, the average daily wholesale price for eggs was $4.12 a dozen. But USDA economists are estimating an average wholesale price of $2.05 a dozen for 2023, which means wholesale egg prices are going to have to continue to drop throughout the year. Due to the avian influenza outbreak that began last February, the U.S. flock of laying hens is nearly 5% smaller in 2022 when compared to 2021 numbers. Approximately 43.3 million hens have died due to bird flu and the depopulation of infected flocks since February. The egg industry usually expands in late winter and early spring to prepare for Easter demand. Hopefully, expansion goes well so those egg prices go down as predicted. We need to get on and do some more of our chores. But I had Jerry Clark. He's the ag educator from Chippewa County, specializing in crops and soil. Step through the door. We'll hear from him later on in the program. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I to turn my headphones down and start blasting me through the through my ears here. Let's take a look at a few things that are happening over the weekend. I had a young lady, Sonia Merritt, a reporter from the Auburndale FFA, ask me to talk about their Auburndale FFA Ice Glow. It is January 28th from 5 to 9. It's out in the Auburndale Forest. It's put on by the FFA officers, and it's a free will donation and it's ice glow. I'm not sure exactly how it goes, but I think they have lighted ice sculptures throughout the walk in the forest. And the donation for it goes to charity. The charity it goes to is Sleep in Heavenly Peace. When we And we've got the Outstanding Young Farmer Candidates meeting in Manitowoc at the Holiday Inn this weekend. They're going to be competing for the Wisconsin, the title of Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer. And if you're hungry on Sunday morning, Oscar Fairchild FFA is going to invite you to a pancake breakfast. They're going to start serving at 8 o'clock going till noon. It's at the Oscar Fairchild High School cafeteria. And it's an all-you-can-eat pancake, sausage, applesauce, and more. If you have more questions, reach out to the Ag office at 715-597-21. Oops. 597-3141, extension 1218. I know I'm going to go down and have some pancakes on Sunday morning because I don't want to cook. Before we can uh, get to some more stuff, we need to do some markets. And we're going to... The Barron Market was not updated from last week, so we're going to head right on down to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today. With the higher than choice beef steers and heifers, 157 to 166, topping at 169. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, 146 to 156. The dairy cross steers, 138 to 153. The higher than choice Holstein steers, 134 to 140. The choice and select Holstein steers, 124 to 134. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers, 123 and down. Cow market steady with the higher than cow, 75 to 85. The cutters and utilities. 59 to 74 with the low yielding and canter cows 58 and down. Bull market steady. Most bulls bring 81 to 91 with the thin full bulls over a ton discounted at 80 cents and down. 
Cap stays sold by the pound of the steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves, bringing from $1 to $1.80. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 60 cents. The quality beef calves, 230 to $3.80 with the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Monday, January 30th, starting at 12.30 with hogs, followed by calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hut Amen at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. And we're really getting rolling. We've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line, ready to tell us what's going on up there. You betcha, Jill, and good morning to you. And before we get into markets, I got a suggestion for a very expensive Valentine's Day gift. Uh oh. Yeah, you get a red ribbon, get a red ribbon around and wrap it around a dozen eggs. <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> Well, we better get to business. Uh, we'll give the folks the market report yesterday from Stratford. Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. And we'll start out with the feeder cattle sale yesterday here at Equity Stratford. Uh, a nice run of feeder cattle, a lot of good quality cattle on hand. Lightweight beef steers yesterday, selling mostly from a dollar forty to a dollar eighty-two. Middleweight beef steers, mostly from a dollar forty up to a dollar eighty-three on some six weights. Heavier beef steers yesterday from one fifteen to one forty-five. Lighter weight beef heifers yesterday, 145 to 172. Heavier beef heifers mostly from $1.20 to $1.47. Uh, Holstein steers, lightweight Holsteins from $1.12 to $1.27. Heavier Holstein steers from 90 to 125. In the market auction yesterday in the cow market, steady to strong cow market yesterday, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows in yesterday's sale were selling from 77 up to a top of 88. Uh, most of the cows yesterday selling between 56 and 76. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 55. On the fat cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers uh, from 127 to 140. Select cattle under finished cattle, 122 and below. On the bull market, better quality bulls, 85 to 95. Lighter bulls, lighter weight bulls, 82 and below. Calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 75 to 165. A lot of bull calves on Monday from uh, 185 up to a top of 245. Heifer calves, $70 and below. Good quality beef calves, 150 to 300, and we did see a top of 380 of those on Monday. Today, Thursday in Stratford, we get underway here at 11 o'clock this morning, market auction. Uh, fed cattle along with the cull cows and cull bulls and baby calves here around uh, 12, 1230 this afternoon. So, uh, Jill, that's what we have for the folks this morning. Uh, you guys drive careful. We got a little bit of snow. Uh, the plow just went through. No, not a big deal, but uh, just be careful because now you... Uh, snow covered up where all the ice was so you gotta be careful so jill we'll talk to you tomorrow morning absolutely you be careful out there on the ice yep and you know it's not every morning that you get get to talk to two jerry's in the same half hour is there i am so lucky (laughs) tell mr clark hello and we'll talk to the folks tomorrow morning absolutely and that was jerry fitzgerald from equity stratford we've got to get to our next set of markets We're going to run right into our markets. Sponsored by Northside Elevator. Our Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for March is at 676, up a penny. Oats, 376, down two cents. Soybeans, 1504, up a penny and a half. And wheat for March, 847, up four and a half cents. And our country elevator prices, wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, 620 and 1444 for their soybeans. At the Connorsville location, 620 for the corn and 1439 for soybeans. Golden Plump and Arcadia, 
6.48 for their corn. Baldwin, 6.28 and 14.33. Duran, 6.24 and 14.27. Mondoldi, 628 and 14.32. Elmwood, 6.28 and 14.37. Fall Creek, 6.15 and 14.12. Osseo, 6.33 and 14.37. Elk Mound, 624 and 14.38. Sparta, 6.21 and 14.27. Ellsworth, 6.04 and 13.83. Northside Elevator, Loyal Location, 6.21 for corn and 14.33 for soybeans. At their Arcadia location, 6.40 and 14.35 for their beans. At our ethanol plants, Boysville, 6.45. Stanley, 6.38. And New Richmond, 6.35. 35 for the corn. Rolling on over to our dairy products. Barrels 157 and a quarter down nine and a quarter cents. 40 pound blocks 191 and three quarters down seven cents. Our grade double A butter 226 and three quarters. No change from yesterday. And our class three milk futures January 1943 unchanged from yesterday. February down 40 cents to 1821. And March down another 26 cents to 1795. And as promised, I've got a Jerry Clark. He's the ag educator from Chippewa County. His specialization is crops and soils. But he's going to tell us something about the pest application process. Yeah, good morning, Jill. Good morning. Yeah, glad to be back. <laughs> well, every day you seem to try to come in, it snows. Yeah, so it's I don't know about this. Pretty soon you just got to try, <laughs> right? <laughs> and make it through. So Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Uh, appreciate the uh, the invite again. Uh, yeah, the pesticide applicator training program uh, that many farmers need to have that training or applicators that use restricted use pesticides on their own property uh, need to have that pesticide applicator training certification. And uh, for 2023, the process is a lot different than what we used to do um, in the past. Farmers, uh, applicators could come into almost any uh County off, county extension office, uh, coordinated training, and then take the test. Uh, that has changed a little bit where there's, uh, now that we're more in the virtual world, uh, we have um, a self-paced uh, option where you can just register to get a link to watch a number of uh, videos or take the training in a self-paced manner. You have, I believe, uh, three weeks or so to complete the training, and then uh, you uh, print off a certification at the end and then bring that in for your test. So the testing part of this hasn't changed. All extension offices across the the state um, can offer, or excuse me, some county offices offer that test. So you may need to check with your local office to see if they're offering uh, the actual test. But the training you can do virtually um, at a uh, self-paced process. Um, There are some limited in-person trainings similar to what we used to do. Um, those are offered through the state office, but I'll just kind of read off some quick uh, regional ones. Uh, the training will be in Rice Lake on February 9th, uh, in Medford on February 23rd. Here in Eau Claire, it'll be March 23rd, and then in Toma, uh, it'll be March 30th. So there are some in-person ones lined up then. Uh, you can also do some live Zoom virtual training where you can sit in on it live versus just doing a self-paced. And those are on Fridays, uh, February 3rd, March 3rd, and April 7th. Uh, there's always a self-study option as well where you just want to get the manual, order, uh, and you have to order the manual online too. All offices used to, extension offices used to sell the manual. We don't do that anymore. You have to order it through the state office. But the self-study is one where you can just take, uh, take your time, read the book, come in and, and take the test. You do need to score a little higher if you do that option, but... Uh, all ex- 
contact your local uh, extension office to find out if they're offering the testing option or you may have to um, drive to a neighboring county to take the test. Well, I'm, uh, I've been in college doing an online college for quite a few years now. Mm-hmm. So I think I would probably just do the self-paced thing. Yeah, it's it's a nice option where uh, it's free. There's no charge to that. If you you attend the the ones that are in person, I think there's a $10 charge to attend those. But yeah, the self-paced option is something new. Um, but if people are comfortable with a computer, that's an option just to uh, make sure you print, take the test or take the training. Make sure you print the, certif- the certificate off at the end because that's what you're going to need to bring into the office to take the test. Then. And you did say it's self-paced. So if I got through part of it, I could set it down and yep, go again. You can come back. There's so many days that that link is good for. And if you don't get it done, I think they just send you a new link or something. But you got to start over. Uh, something to that effect. I don't know. Yeah, we don't but, want to start over. But try to get that wrapped up. Uh, yeah, once you start doing, I think it's like three weeks that you have to get the training done. So there's quite a bit of options there. All right. Great information. Updates on those pest application. Yep, pesticide process. applicator. Training. There we go. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Words are hard for me this morning. Right. That was Jerry Clark. He's the A educator from Chippewa County. We're going to do one last look. At our weather, right now here in Eau Claire, we're at 19 degrees, high of 22 today, partial sun, low of 9 tonight, and it's going to be 31, snow likely tomorrow, but then the temperature drops out, and it's going to be cold. We've got a few more chores to do, and remember, that's what I've got for you for the farm show. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.